Story and a song, story and a song, words and music, they belong. Story and a song, story and a song, hope that you will sing along. Kia ora, I'm Tanya Bad. And I'm Peter Forster. And we'd like to welcome you to A Story and a Song, a storytelling podcast for children from the Bat Cave. Lovely to see you all. Greetings from uh, Te Whanganui Atara. Uh, we've got a very exciting um, guest to um, to introduce to you this evening because we're staying with our wonderful, lovely storytelling friend, Moira Wairama, who is going to share with you uh, a local pūrāko from, from this area here where we're staying. It's time to introduce our lovely friend Moira. Are you going to help me do that, Batlad? Oh, yeah! I'm excited to meet Moira. I've, I, I only heard about her. She's... Oh, is that her? Legendary. Legendary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tanya's been telling me all about you. She loves your stories. Thank you. I'm not legendary. I'm just old. <laughs> That's the same thing. <laughs> it is the same thing. Uh, it's very wonderful having Moira here. And she's the hostess with the mostess. Oh, wow. She's got nice things to eat, has she? Oh, there's always lots of good kai yeah. here at Moira's house. Oh. Cheese. Oh. <laughs> Pete likes the Jesus cheese. Jesus, number one. Yeah. Then there's mm. cheese, and we have cheese as well. I bet I bet there's lots of people out there who like cheese on toast. Yep. Marlo's nodding. Asia likes cheese on toast. Oh, yes. <laughs> Down there, Jude, he like, yes, they like they like Jude on toast as well. Now, Ryan's saying, yes, he loves Jude on toast. Cheese on toast. <laughs> cheese on toast. Not, Not Jude, Jude on, on toast. toast. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Jude, did we put you on toast? Ah! <laughs> Well, Moira, um, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, 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 take Batlam because, um, Batlam, you seem to be sort of holding your legs together. That's because I'm busting. Oh, do you need to go to the Fari Paku? Yeah, I do. I didn't go before the show. Oh, well, I tell you what, I'll go to the Fari Paku, and while I'm taking Batlam to the Fari Paku, Pete and Moira can share a story with you, a local story from here in Te Whanganui Ata. That's a good idea. Okay. okay. I'll be back. I'm going to be listening. I'm going this way. Okay, I'm going this way. <laughs> I hope they get there in time. Yep. I think they have. So, kia ora koutou. My name's Moira, and like I said, or like Tanya said, I've got a story, a local story from here, Te Whanganui Atara. And I don't know how many of you know where Wellington Harbour is, but this story is our traditional legend of how the harbour was formed. In the days before, in the ancient times, Maui Tiki Tiki Ataranga went fishing with his brothers and they fished up a great fish. And that's the fish that I live on, and that some of you live on too, the North Island of New Zealand. And at the head of the fish, Te Upokoteka, when he pulled it from the sea, there was a great lake with land all around it. And in that lake, there were two tanifa, Fa Tai Tai and Naki. And although they were tanifa, 
They were very different. Fa Tai Tai, he was your laid back sort of Tanifa. The thing that mattered to him was Kai food. Oh, loved to eat, bit like Pete. Oh, he just loved to eat and eat. And when he'd had a big Kai, he loved to sleep. And he slept where Tanya and Pete visited today at Pitione on the beach there. And in those days, of course, we didn't have to worry about melanoma. And so he could lie there for days if he wanted to and never have to cover up. He was very happy. And of course, when he was hungry, he would go over to the Awakairangi, the mouth of the Awakairangi, where Tanya and Pete visited today, and he'd open his great mouth. <laughs> and he'd swallow down fat, juicy tuna. Ugh. And then he'd have another sleep. But Nake was very different. Nake was never still. You might have somebody like this in your house. They're always on the go, always on the go. Round and round and round and round the harbour or the lake he would go. Round and round and round and round. And then every now and then, just for a thrill, he would leap up and go right across one of the islands in the middle of the lake. And he'd make a big belly flop. Don't know if you go swimming and make big belly flops, but the water would flash up onto the hills all around. And they lived there for a long time. But eventually, Nake, he got hōha. Hōha means bored. Kei te hōha hau. he said. And he went to see his friend, Fa Tai Tai. E hō. Hōha tēnei. I'm bored. I'm sick of being in a lake. I want to get out. I want to go out into the sea. I want to go and have adventures. <gasps> And Fatai looked at him and said, Porangi koi, kori koi he manu, you're not a bird. How are you going to get out? This is a lake. Look, it's got land all around it. You can't fly away. This is where we live, Naki. It's a great place. But Naki looked at him. Kauwe kororo pēna, Don't you call me Porangi. I'm going to break out of here. Down at the southern end of this lake, the land is low. And I'm a big, powerful tanifa. And I'm going to smash my way out and get out into the ocean. Kitimuana nui o kiwa and I'm going to go and have adventures. Come with me. Come with me. Fataitai, we'll have such fun. But Fataitai... He was mataku. He was scared. Cole, oh, he stopped laughing. What, what if you try and break out and you... What if you die? And I'll be here all on my own. Nakia looked at him. Eho, if I die and you're on... If I get out of here, you'll be on your own. Come with me. And they had this huge argument. Don't know if you ever have huge arguments. Well, this one was really big because they had these great big long tails and they'd smash them down in the water. Water everywhere. And I don't know if you've ever had a really bad argument with a friend or someone you love. But in the end, Fatai Tai turned his back. And he went and lay on the beach at Pitione with his back to the sea and he never saw Naki again. Well, Naki said, Anna, you stay there, I'm out of here. 
And then he began to swim around and around and around the harbour. Faster and faster, faster and faster and faster and faster. And his great tail came sliding along behind him. And it pushed off all the silt and pushed it down at one side of the harbour, which we call Seaview, and where there's a marae built there. Then he turned, he went along Pitioni Foreshore, past where Whātaitai laid with his back to him. And under the Korokoro Hill, he turned and he looked ahead to the land where he was going to break free, and he went for it. <laughs> he was the fastest tanifa ever clocked in the world. And when he came rushing down, rushing down and smashed into the land, he broke it all up. And it cut him. Pieces of his flesh hung off the rocks. His blood ran down into the water, so it was red. And he could have died. But he didn't. He got through. He got into the salt water. <gasps> it stung. Have you ever had salt water on a cut? It really stings. And he was, <gasps> and he leapt up <sighs> and crashed down. And as he crashed down, he looked back. He looked back and he saw that he'd made a great gap because what had been the lake <sharp inhale> had become a harbour. And then he took off. He took off into the Moana Nuiakiwa and he was never seen again. But the water was able to come in. The seawater came in and what had been a lake became a harbour. And with the seawater came the creatures of the sea. Tohora, the great whale. Aihe, the dolphin. Mako, the shark. Feke, the octopus. All these creatures came in to what had been a lake and was now a harbour. And Fataitai hearing the great crash, had turned around and he looked. <sighs> and he saw everything had changed. All these strange new creatures had come to live in what had been his lake, which was now the harbour. And the water, it tasted different, it was salty. And where was Nucky? He'd gone. He'd really done it. He'd left him. <sighs> And Whātaitai was filled with fear. He really was on his own and he wished he'd said yes. He wished, it's not too late, he thought. And he rolled himself into the water and he swam down as fast as he could to the place where Nucky had broken free. But when he got there, he saw on the rocks bits of the flesh of his friend drying in the sun. And he looked, he saw that the water was still red with the blood. He went, oh, freaky! And he swam back over to the awakairangi. He opened his big mouth and he had a, a big kai. And that's what some people do when they're really, really upset. They have a big kai and then he had a big moi. When he woke up, his friend was still gone and he was filled with sadness. When you lose somebody and you don't know if you'll ever see them again or if you know that they've gone forever, it can be so sad. <sighs> and he was lying there looking down towards where his friend had broken free and he thought of all that dried flesh and the blood and the water and he thought he couldn't go that way. But as he looked to the south, he saw that there was a rise and another low piece of land and he thought, I'm a tanifa. I'm big and strong. I'm as big as Nucky. I'll break my own way out of this place. And saying that, 
He did slow cruise around what was the harbour, looking at the hills, listening to the birds and thinking, I really like it here. I don't want to leave, but I don't want to be on my own either. So, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he started heading south. Now, one of the things he didn't know and didn't realise that a lake is different to a harbour. In the harbour, the sea comes in, the tide comes in, and the tide goes out. And as he was swimming southward, he didn't know that the tide was out and the water was lower than usual. And he was swimming down along a place that we call Evans Bay. And as he was swimming, slowly, with his tail pushing him forward, he was thinking, I better get a bit of speed up. And he tried to get his tail moving fast and... All of a sudden, his puku, his stomach, started dragging on the bottom of Evans Bay. And he thought, uh-oh, where's the water? He didn't realise the tide was out. And while he was thinking, oh, why is the water at one end of his head? Down the other end, his tail was still pushing him forward. And before he knew it, he was stuck, held by the sand at the bottom of the, of the bay. And he thought, don't panic. Best thing to do when something goes wrong, don't panic. Took a breath. He thought, right. I'll just wiggle back, and when the tide comes in, I'll free myself. So he tried to wiggle back. <sighs> but he was so full of all that kai he'd been eating, he didn't go back. He went down, down, down into the sand. So that when the sea came in, it covered him. He was covered with water, but even at high tide, he couldn't free himself. And Far Tai Tai was stuck there for hundreds and hundreds of years on his own. Every now and again, a tohora or an ahi might go past him. He'd eat it and that kept him sort of having some food. But one day, a shadow came above him and a walker sailed into the harbour. That was the first walker that came to Aotearoa, into our area of it anyway, here in Wellington. It was a walker that carried... Kupe and his family and his tri some of his tribe people, and they didn't stay. They came in and they explored the area. And under the water, there was Far Tai looking up, hoping that they'd see him, but they didn't. And after a while, after they'd stayed and fixed their waka, sorry, and got some kai and, yeah, just generally had a good rest, they left after naming many places. And that's a really wonderful story, but not one I'm telling today. And after they'd gone, Fatata was left alone again for more hundreds of years until eventually more walker came. But these ones were different. They were carrying people who had come to stay. They were the Naitara people. And they came into Te Whanganui Atara, the great harbour of Tara, which is what they named the place. And they set up their paths on different hills, and they settled down here. And they had one pa that was right on the hill, Motukairangi, up above Miramar, looking down on Evans Bay. And because they were staying there for a while, they eventually noticed that down below in the water, there was a tanifa. And Fataita looked up through the water and they could feel his sadness. But hey, they weren't going to go and try and dig him free. They realised he'd been there for a while and he'd be pretty hungry. But what they did was they took their flutes, their puturina, puturino, and they played them 
and the music, it comforted Whātai Tai. Do you find that sometimes when you're really feeling sad or a bit upset and just music can really, really comfort you? Well, it comforted Whātai Tai and he thought, well, it's not so bad, not on my own anymore. There's all this lovely music. And he could have been quite happy probably, except for something that happened here in Wellington. We have it happen a lot. Where you live, you might happen, it might happen sometime. Pete, do you know what I'm talking about? It's a Rufenua. What do you think that might be? Oh, when the earth shakes. The earth shakes. It was an earthquake. A Rufenua. It was so big, it had its own name. Te Hofenua. And it lifted up far tai tai out of the water. <gasps> so even when the tide came in, it didn't cover him. And his skin dried. Because a tanifa can't live out of water for very long. And eventually... He died. And his spirit, in the form of a manu wairua, a great white bird, flew up. Flew right up. Onto a place that we call Tangi Tekil, which is up on Mount Victoria. And the spirit of Whātaitai looked down and saw its body out of the water and it let out a sad cry and it went like this. It just kept going. And the Ngāitara people rushed out of their pa and they saw the great white bird fly off to the north, to Hawaii, and they looked down and they saw the body of the Tanifa, Whātaitai lifted up, and just as they were watching, from the sea came a great wave, a tidal wave, and it came in and it covered the body of Whātaitai, driftwood, sand, shells, things from the sea, it covered it completely, and so Whātaitai was buried. And if you're in Wellington and you're driving down to the airport, you go through a place called Hataitai. And it's named for Whātaitai, the Tanifa. And somewhere as you drive down there or out across towards the airport, out across past the Kilburnie Sports Field and St Pat's College and places like that, somewhere under the land lie the bones of Whātaitai. And I've often thought one day... If there was a really big earthquake and the land was broken up and cracked, what if there was a, a big canvas, a big deep hole and we looked down and we could see gleaming beneath the bones of Far Tai Tai? And maybe some of you might grow up to be an archaeologist and maybe you would dig and maybe you would find the bones and we'd have to take them to Te Papa and hang them up and they'd be huge because I really think Far Tai Tai's bones are still there. And when I go walking by the side of the sea, on the shore, I think of Whātaitai and Naki. And everywhere in the world, wherever you live, there will be stories like this of something special, some animal, creature, person, that will have made where you live very important to the people who live there. So this is a story from where I live, and I hope that you get to hear stories from where you live. And I'd just like to say... Thank you to Pete for jamming on his beautiful flute.
And if you like, if you ever, here's a little plug for you parents, if you would ever like to buy a copy of this book, you can do so online at Baggage Books. There we go. So, oh, is that that lamb? Bag oh, Moira, I, I, I just been, I just been real quiet listening to you, I have, so I, I love that story, but I was a bit scared sometimes. They look very big. They are, and it's nice to be scared sometimes, especially if you've got somebody nice holding you. I'm so glad to... Oh, look, he looks like Fatai, hungry, matekai. Would you like a kai? I am. I'm really hungry. I'd like some clover and some dandelion and... and, 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 and How about chocolate biscuits? Chocolate biscuits? Yeah. Wow, right. I love chocolate biscuits. It's been lovely to tell you this story, but I think I have to be a, right, I have to be a good host and take... Bat-lamp. Bat-lamp? Yeah, that's me. Bat-lamp. I love this name, Bat-lamp. So I'm going to take Bat-lamp and give him some chocolate biscuits. And he will brush his teeth. You got any teeth? I'm getting some. Okay, we'll get some teeth to brush afterwards. So lovely to tell you this story. And I hope you're finding some nice stories about where you live. Come on, Bat-lamp. Oh, thank you, Moira. I love that story. I love you, Moira. Oh, oh. Wow, what an awesome story. Yeah. Wow. I, you know what, Moira? I'm not sure if I've ever actually heard you tell that story fully before. I've read the um, the puka puka, but that was really special. And when you hear the stories that belong to a place, it really helps you connect to the place. And having uh, ridden our pahikara, our bicycles, all the way down the awa today, down to the places where those that story took place, it's... It feels very, very special. Thanks for joining us today. If you'd like to hear more stories and songs, you can go to our website, www.imagined-worlds.net.